0: The Sixth Trumpet Prophecy foretells of increasing unrest and hostilities in the Middle East, and that's the area that the Bible prophesies to be the origin of the Euphrates River War that will kill one-third of mankind. We are in a presidential election year. My question to you is, which president would you want to have as the commander-in-chief if we were to go into World War III very soon. Well, we'll discuss the fact that World War III is going to start very soon, if it has not already begun, on today's edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. You know, we are in a presidential election year, and I'm asking myself the same questions that I pose to you on our radio and television programs. This presidential election year, what's the most important issues we need to be looking at? Of course, there's the border and and abortion and drugs and the economy and everything. But, I know that the Bible prophesies that World War III is coming soon. So, I'm going to pose the question to you again. We're in a presidential election year. It's about 10 months away, right? So, with the understanding from the prophecies of the Bible that World War III is coming soon, if it has not already begun, who would you rather have as the Commander-in-Chief during that war? That's a question we should ask any time we vote for a president. Because if we go into a World War scenario, whoever is sitting in that seat is going to be the Commander-in-Chief. They're going to make decisions, and I want them making split-second, decisive decisions that is in the best interest of America, right? So that's just a question I thought I would pose, because I'm asking myself the same question. Do I want a globalist? who is trying to weaken America and yield up much of our sovereignty to a world-governing body, or do I want somebody who is America first and somebody who will stand with our allies throughout that World War III scenario? Something, a lot of things to, a lot of questions to consider when you're looking at a presidential election, right? And I mean, you're gonna get hit with all kinds of stuff over the next 10 months. I think the Election Day is November 5th this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's going to be here before you know it, and we want to make sure that we're focused on the right things. And we're going to be talking about, we're going to be doing many programs throughout uh, the next several months on the issues and what they, how important they are in and globalism and, and uh, the Middle East. And I mean, you say, well, why is the Middle East so important in a presidential election year in the United States? Because the, the you've got a, a a a Donald Trump situation, a Donald Trump scenario, who would place um, as a president, he would place sanctions, economic sanctions on Iran to keep them from getting a nuclear weapon. You got a Joe Biden situation that would administration that would pull those sanctions off and allow billions and billions and billions of dollars to flow into the coffers of Iran that they use to fund their terrorist proxies, and one of those terrorist proxies is the one that invaded Israel, our greatest ally on the planet, and killed 12 to 1300 of them uh, in a mass slaughter on October 7th. So, we've got to consider a lot of things when we're looking at voting for a president, and when we have an understanding of Bible prophecy, it goes beyond that even. So, with that said, there are six prophecies that you should be watching right now. These are ongo- the ongoing fulfillment of all of these world government, world religion, Mark of the Beast, World War three, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, and of course, end time revival. You say, world government question mark? Yeah, on back on um, coming up here on January 11th and 12th. What is that? Uh, be maybe uh, this coming Thursday, Friday, maybe, Israel is going to go before the International Criminal Court, or I'm sorry, the International Court of Justice, which is also a United Nations organization, to hear proceedings brought by South Africa against Israel. South Africa is accusing Israel of violating the Genocide Convention in their uh, the Israel-Hamas war, and South Africa's request for um, a provisional measures to be brought against Israel, which means an emergency suspension of Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza while the court decides the case. Now imagine what, how Hamas is just waiting with bated breath for that to happen right. Stop the war so we can rearm and uh, get more rockets and all these kinds of things. Move the hostages around. Um, it's, it's a crazy situation, but that's world government in action the International Court of Justice. Also, precursor, you say, well, precursors of the mark of the beast, Dave, what are you talking about? The global march, one of the ways is the global march towards implementing a central bank digital currency which could easily be used as an economic sanctioning system um, and that is moving forward very rapidly. The, uh, I just saw this morning the Reserve Bank of India has announced a new milestone for their central bank digital currency And they confirmed that the, the digital rupee in India has surpassed 1 million daily transactions. So these efforts to get a central bank digital currency globally up and running is advancing very quickly now. And so with that said, let me talk to you very quickly about Birch Gold. Because the Birch Gold situation, a lot of people are wanting to maybe move Um, to gold and It's very important that we understand there are ways to do that. I mean these world government enthusiasts they want to impose digital currencies and these uh, digital IDs on their respective populations They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze and seize part or all of your money in essence that would enable a government to take more control over your finances and the central bank in that country so there are some concerned americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of birch gold group so if you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account go to birchgold.com uh slash end time to get your free info kit on gold you might have an ira or a 401k that's been laying around for a while gathering dust birch gold can help you convert that into an ira in gold and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket So go to birchgold.com slash endtime and claim your free info kit on gold because if these digital currencies become a reality for all, you may want to have some gold to fall back on. Now, also, the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. These are all prophetic, by the way. The EU foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, he recently said that the international community must impose... A solution to the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The Bible says the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many. Daniel 9:27 for a final seven-year period. Well, Joseph Burrell is saying the international community must impose a solution, force them into a solution. Uh, he was pointing to the United States, Europe, and the Arab countries, and Burrell said that peace will only be achieved in a lasting manner if the international community gets involved intensely to achieve it and imposes a solution. Now, that sounds almost like somebody read Daniel 9.27 and then Joseph Burrell said, well, that's exactly what we need to do. The international community needs to impose a a solution on them. And so we're watching all of these prophecies. I mean, these prophecies, they're all in the process of being fulfilled. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up today, and that all of us should be watching for, and I want to ask a question. What is the event that that must happen to really get the world to move into a fully functioning world governing body? We know world government's coming, but they're all the time griping in the news about Uh, The U.N. Security Council, uh, we've got our hands, the United Nations, which is the seat of world government in the earth today, you understand. But we've got our hands tied behind our back because of the U.N. Security Council veto power, which was given to the five victor nations of World War II. We've got our hands tied behind our back because when the General Assembly uh, passes a resolution against a country, any one of those five victor nations, um, it's China, Russia, Great Britain, France, and the United States, they have UN Security Council veto power, they can veto that resolution, and the United Nations becomes irrelevant in an action. They, the United Nations can't do anything with the Iran, or the, I'm sorry, well, it is Iran's part of it, but the uh, Israel-Hamas uh, war that's going on. The United Nations, there's nothing they can do, because the United States could veto that. So, what, what, what is going to happen in the world it's not going to be the climate crisis it's not going to be the food crisis it, it, there's really not a food crisis and there's really not a climate crisis um, we you understand we have enough food we can produce enough food if they would just take the regulations off our farmers there's enough food to feed the world's population many times over so but we know there's going to be an end-time world government that is going to have uh, just be totally totalitarian they're going to control everyone the majority of the earth's population in every way so what is the event that would get us from where we're at now to where we are where the Bible says we're going to end up or that I should say most of the world is going to end up the Antichrist will not rule the entire world he's gonna rule a world governing body but he's gonna face resistance all the way to the end the Bible's very clear on that and so if you, if, if you read Revelation 13 the Bible says he's going to be in control of every nation people kindred and tongue however you've got to look at some of the other prophecies scattered throughout the Bible that say he also is going to face resistance from some nations but what's going to be the scenario to where Maybe in the future, the U.N. Security Council veto power will be taken away. There have been many moves over the years to take away that U.N. Security Council veto power. What's going to be the event that will happen? Or a, a scenario that would make the majority of the world's nations yield up their sovereignty in every way, their, their health care to a world government, their, the, the, um, the way they produce food, their food production, their supply chains and their military might to a world governing body. What what would make the majority of nations on the earth do that? Well, that scenario's coming and it's going to be a world war. Many times there have been people that have, or there have been the globalists, I should say, they would use war to further their agendas. World War II World War I, World War II, a perfect example of that. So we're going to get deep off into this, and I'm going to give you some scenarios here for the rest of the program, but let me first talk to you about First Cup Coffee. First Cup Coffee, um, they are, you know, you can imagine, we essentially are working around the clock here uh, to keep up with everything. There's so much in the news right now. We are energized and motivated by our God-given purpose but man, it sure is nice to have a cup of first cup coffee in the morning. Uh, I had two cups this morning. I told the guys just before I come on the air, I'm ready to run around the building. But they are these guys are Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company. They're out of Texas. They've got many different roasts for you to choose from. So go to go to firstcup.com. And in doing this, we're they, they, we're we're helping them, but yet they're helping to support End Time and our efforts to reach the world with the gospel of the kingdom of God. So. Go to firstcup.com and use code in time to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you another 10% off. Go to firstcup.com and use code in time to get 10% off today. And wow, we had this an awesome conference. I will tell you, we had an awesome conference down in Weslaco, Texas, um, this this past weekend, and we're going to have a great conference coming up. Uh, before very long in uh, in Garland this weekend. And I'll be talking to you about that in just a moment. So let me get off into some of these scenarios uh, really quick about this world war that's coming. Because you can see it building up. It's going to emanate from the Euphrates River region, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. That region right in there is where the Bible says that the World War Three is going to originate. And that is obviously one of the most volatile regions on the entire planet how did they know 2,000 years ago when the prophecy was given that 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 region there was going to be a war that would kill one-third of the world's population in the future that's never happened before and because God knows the end from the beginning God has already seen the entire human existence scenario play out and he said hey there's coming a war in the future John I want you to write about it at the sixth trumpet when one-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed." So, now that I'm sitting here watching the world government, the world religion, the um, end time, in the beginnings of a great end time revival happening, and which I think it's, we've kind of started it um, with the, the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost with the Azusa Street revivals and things like that. We're coming into the Age of Enlightenment, and now we're get but we're really, really, really going to see huge revivals uh, in the near future, Uh, but it's kind of trickling in now, but I think it's going to come in big time in just the very near future. The Bible says that John saw a multitude, no man could number, stand before God in heaven, and the, the elder looked at John and said, who are these individuals? And John said, I don't know, thou knowest. And the elder said, these are they that came out of great tribulation, which is ahead of us now. We're not in the great tribulation yet. But we're watching all these prophecies come to pass just one, just so quickly now, and so I want to give you some some scenarios because I know right here at the very end there's going to be a war that emanates out of that region that will kill one third of the world's population. The Gatestone Institute, very reliable news source. If you're looking for a, uh, one of your news sources to get up to date information on, Gatestone Institute, very reliable. They published an article, 2024, the year Iran will go nuclear if Western powers do not act. Now, I, I have to tell you, Iran, if you want to know what's really going on with Hezbollah in the north, in, in Lebanon, with Syria, Iraq, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, uh, right there, the, the, many people in um, these terrorist factions in the West Bank, Hamas in Gaza with the Houthis down in Yemen. You want to know who the the head of the snake of all of that is? Iran. So they're fighting a proxy war. In other words, Iran themselves are not fighting the war. They're using their terrorist proxies that they have positioned around Israel to fight the war. But Iran is the one calling the shots, okay? And so... We're we're watching that in great detail. I'm watching this whole thing play out and They have created the ring of fire over the years These missile systems that are pointed at Israel all around it's surrounded hundreds of thousands of rockets well Imagine and look at the uh, look at what happened in with Hamas when they invaded Israel on October 7th they killed 12 1300 people a horrific situation right they've been firing rockets into Israel they just over the weekend they fired a rocket from up in Lebanon and hit a hotel up in the northern part of Israel a hotel you guys and so imagine if they had tour groups and stuff over there right now the tour groups are the ones staying in these hotels and so it's it's a horrific situation. Is what's going on there Iran Well, they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. I just read an article. I told the guys about this from, if you go to another one, there's the American Thinker news source. Go there. They're talking about terrorist factions in the United States. And their question was, what are they waiting for? Okay? So there's terrorist factions. Iran has terrorist factions in over 30 countries, okay? So. Imagine Iran is the is the leader of the whole thing. Imagine Iran getting a nuclear weapon, dirty bombs, suitcase nukes. Imagine. It would be horrific. They don't have them yet. But they are moving, they're very, very, very close. And so imagine them getting one of those, the damage that they can do. Well, this Gate Stone Institute article the title was 2024, The Year Iran Will Go Nuclear If Western Powers Do Not Act. And some of the article, I pulled a few excerpts. Should the Biden administration persist in pursuing a, a leadership approach perceived as lacking in strength? In other words, our allies and our enemies all see the Biden administration as weak need. Limp-wristed America. Yeah, right. We're not worried about them. Right? Now, under Donald Trump, it was totally different. But under a Biden administration, through weakness, our allies see it and our enemies. And so the article says, should the Biden administration continue to pursue a strategy characterized by conciliation and, and concessions toward the Iranian regime then 2024 they speculate would mark the year that the Islamic Republic of Iran would acquire nuclear weapons in other words if nobody's really trying to stop them what's going to prevent them from getting a nuclear weapon then if nobody's going to do anything why don't they just go ahead and enrich uranium and get their nuclear weapons then you think they you think there's a threat against Israel now imagine if they got some nuclear weapons so they say that they're heralding a pivotal development uh, in their military capabilities and devastating, far-reaching repercussions for regional and international security should they get a nuclear weapon. If the U.S. fails to remove Iran's nuclear weapon capability, and not just, not just literally buy time to enable it, the catastrophes that follow will surely go down as U.S. President Joe Biden's legacy as well as the legacy of those around him, we allowed Iran to get a nuclear weapon. When I say we, I mean the Biden administration. Because if I had anything to do with it, no, they'd never get one. So, Iran has substantially increased its production rate of uranium. I'm talking about as we speak, which after tripling its output in the past few weeks is now nearing the phase that of, of weapons grade levels, according to recent reports by the International Atomic Energy Agency. So Israel is nearing the point where they're just weeks away from getting a nuclear weapon. The Bible says, and they're the number one sponsor of terrorism on the planet. In other words, Russia has had nuclear weapons for decades now, but they've never bombed the United States or Israel. Okay? So, I'm not as concerned about Russia as I would be as imagine if Iran who is fighting terrorist proxy wars as I would be with them getting a nuclear weapon. Okay? North Korea has nukes, Um, China has nukes, but they've never, they've never attacked the United States or Israel, however, imagine if Iran who believes that they're religiously bound To destroy Israel and the United States preparing the way for their Mahdi or their 12th Imam then imagine them getting a nuclear weapon so and I tell you what it's one of the subjects that I'm going to be talking about this weekend at our conference in Garland Texas in great detail I won't have time to go into it today but I'll be doing a prophecy conference in Garland Texas this weekend that's at North Cities. UPC, 502 Beltline Road in Garland. And Saturday, uh, January 13th, I will, at 6 p.m., I'll be teaching The Green Horseman and World War III. And then Sunday morning, January, I'm sorry, Sunday evening, so it's going to be Saturday night, Sunday evening. I'm not preaching on Sunday morning this time. So Sunday evening, January 14th, at 6 p.m., we'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News, and we'll have a time of Q&A. So, look forward to seeing you this weekend at my, my home church in, right here in Garland, North City's UPC, on 502 Beltline Road, Saturday evening and Sunday evening. You can go to endtime.com for, look under the Events tab and then Conferences, and I've got a, I'm gonna be all over the United States this year teaching conferences. If you wanna know if we're gonna be in your area, you can look at all the conferences on that website and uh, see where we're going to be, so you can come out to one of our conferences. We had a fabulous, fabulous one in Weslaco this weekend, seven miles from the border. And Pastor Trevino was telling me about the um, immigration problem that they, and if you don't think we have an immigration problem, go visit the border. He was showing me the buses that are used to, to bus um, these, the immigrants that are coming across illegal immigrants. And they're coming across, putting them on buses, and shipping them off into the United States. He said, Dave, the buses run day and night. They, they never stop. They're just, it just constantly taking buses up through there. Uh, they're, taking, they're, they're busing them on, on Sunday to Sunday. And so he was showing me some of the different sites and the different things that are happening. His church is seven miles from the border. And uh, he said, and he, he lives, the uh, McAllen Airport's right there by Westlaco. And he said they'd just bust people up there in droves, put them on airplanes, and ship them everywhere. All over the United States, folks. People that have, have not been vetted, they're just shipping them. And um, it is quite the, quite the problem. And, and, you know, hey, uh, there's another reason for a very important uh, presidential election coming up in the very near future, right? So, in response to Iran's advancing, advancing nuclear capabilities, the United States and Western powers' reaction is so far amounted to a, a, a basically, a condemnation. And in, in, in it indicates a lack of measures to impede Iran's progress. In other words, let's just, um, let's just, uh, let's, let's talk about it. Let, let's, you know, it's, it really suggests a, a passive stance of really acceptance rather than this, an, an active effort to, counter Iran's actions. Donald Trump hammered them with economic san- sanctions. But Joe Biden come in and lifted those sanctions and now billions of dollars are flowing into the coffers of Iran. Well if you're Iran, what are you gonna do? You're gonna enrich uranium. Over the last few weeks they have been enriching uranium up to the point where they could build a nuclear bomb. That's what's happening right now, folks, on the 8th of January, 2024. In the Biden administration, they don't appear to really wanna do anything about it. So guess what's coming? There's a World War III coming. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I wanna show you. I was so sure God had talked to me and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment the end time now streaming on end time plus and available to order at endtime.com uet go to endtime.com uet or call 800 end time what if you could understand bible prophecy dave robbins the host of the Endtime time shows tv and radio programs is holding a free prophecy conference near you gain peace and understanding about what the bible says concerning end time prophecy Call one 800 end or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. So, I want you to think about this Iran scenario that's happening right now in the nuclear situation. They're enriching uranium to the point where they're, they're only just a, a, a short period of time away from being able to get a nuclear weapon. The US and European powers, they haven't really alluded to any consequences that Iran might encounter in, in spite of acknowledging that the Iran's increased production of highly enriched uranium lacks credible civilian justification in, in, in a statement The United Kingdom, France, Germany, and the United States disapproved of this development. And they they stated that, hey, they condemn this measure that further aggravates the continued escalation of the Iranian nuclear program. And, you know, as the saying kind of goes, hey, there's a strong letter, letter to follow. Iran does not care about that. I mean, from the Iranian regime's perspective, now put yourself in the mind of an Iranian leader, okay? You're trying to destroy Israel. You're saying, Israel's little Satan, we got to destroy her. The United States' big Satan, we got to destroy them. And if you're going to go to war against the United States, what weapon do you think they're going to want to have? They asked the question in the American thinker today there are terrorists in America, what are they waiting on? What do you think they're waiting on? I'm asking you the question today, everybody. From the Iranian regime's perspective, the failure of the Western powers to counter its nuclear program serves as the most explicit endorsement one can provide that it should continue developing its nuclear weapons without any fear of negative consequences. Now, this scenario... Just when I say, man, I don't think I could be shocked. I've seen it all. No, I'm not. Something else happens. I was there in Israel when the October 7 war kicked off and they invaded and, and slaughtered all them people and took all the hostages. The knowing that Iran is supporting that and Iran wants to destroy Israel and destroy the United States. If you were the United States of America and the West, with, with all of the, the Islamic faction that's up in Europe and different things, would you not look at Iran and say, if you come stop your, uh, your uranium enrichment now and stop bombing Israel, leave Israel alone, move all of your weapons away, or we're going to, you're going to be, a, it's just, it's, we're going to wipe you out. Okay? Now, the the fact of the matter is is that our administration is not doing anything to stop that. Even more bewildering is the the Biden administration and the EU's persistent expression of this commitment to a diplomatic resolution. Let's just sit down and talk about it over a cup of coffee. I mean the ongoing dispute over this Iran's nuclear program, you want to discuss that over a cup of coffee? Let's just have a diplomatic resolution to it. Although negotiating clearly has not been working, obviously, the US and our European allies have nevertheless stated that they remain committed to a diplomatic solution. Now, Iran Do you think you can, um, that we're going to come to a diplomatic solution over that? I mean, think about it, everybody. Look at Iran and their actions over the last 40 plus years. You think that they are willing to come to a diplomatic resolution over anything? I mean, will the Biden administration ever realize that it is not possible to engage in diplomatic efforts? With state sponsors of terrorism folks, they've got a different mindset than somebody who you're trying to sell a uh, carpet cleaner or what. I mean, come on. Particularly and emphatically, Islamic an Islamic one, this Islamic Iran, that already regards infidel laws as secular abominations that do not apply to Muslims. So think about that. The, the, you're not going to have a diplomatic outcome for that. And, uh, you know, so right here, really quickly, I think I forgot to mention it in the first part. Let me, go, let me mention um, Ready, Ready Pantry real quick, and then we'll get back to the, to the um, scheduled programming. That sounds professional. As Americans, you know, we want to believe that the grocery stores will always going to be there, but as we saw a few pro, uh, years ago, supply chains could quickly collapse, food supplies could diminish, and we got to pray for the best and prepare for the worst, right? I mean, what if there was a way you can have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash end time. It offers these amazing 25-year shelf-stable food, and it includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even dessert. Not to mention, there's a peace of mind when you know you've got some emergency food set by for anything. I mean. Ready Pantry, they're they're, uh, 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 an American-based company. All their products are sourced right here in America. You're not going to be disappointed with your choice. And there are, you know, there's many long-term food storage companies on the Internet. They're selling products that have been on their warehouses for years. But Ready Pantry, they're going to deliver the finest products that was packaged within the last couple months. That's what's going to be delivered to your door. So Ready Pantry, they offer discounts of up to 20% off for 3 to 12 month supplies. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code time, and save an additional 10% off on your order. No, there's free shipping on all, all orders, and you can also stock your pantry with buy now, pay later options that are available at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. So, okay, so the outcomes. I'm, imagine, imagine trying to be diplomatic with Iran. I mean, come on, everybody. The outcomes of diplomatic engagement with the Iranian regime, since the Biden administration really assumed office, I wanted to give you a few of how these diplomatic engagements have resulted. Okay, so listen at this. Iran is now engaged in attacks on ships in the Red Sea. So, has diplomacy worked? No. The, uh, uh, Iran has enriched its uranium to 84 percent, and the nuclear bomb threshold is 90 percent. Okay, I want you to understand the gravity of that statement. They're at 84 percent. All they got to do is go to 90, and that's a nuclear bomb threshold. So it's it has basically an estimated few weeks or less. They have from achieving a nuclear capability. Okay, so has diplomacy worked? No. Iran has funded and helped plot Hamas's genocidal October 7th attack, as well as other attempts to destroy Israel, and estimated that Iranian funding for Hamas is in the range of 70 to $100 million a year. Iran gives Hamas. So has diplomacy ever worked with Iran? I mean, Iran has delivered drones to Russia to aid in its attacks against Ukraine. And more than 101 attacks on United States forces in Syria and Iraq and have been launched by these Iranian proxies since October 17th, everybody. And more than 151 attacks on U.S. forces have been carried out by Iranian proxies since the beginning of the Biden presidency with the objective of ej- really um, eradicating the, or I should say, ejecting the United States from the Middle East. Many US service members have been wounded, and at least 20 seriously with traumatic brain injuries and in all of this. So, diplomacy, it seems to have been working, right? No, absolutely not. Diplo- these people don't understand diplomacy. You know, it, 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 really, as a result of all of this, there appears to be an escalated Iranian effort, eventually, to confront the U.S. mainland from Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. So they're wanting to build a... They've got a ring of fire built around Israel. I know they'd love to build a ring of fire here if, and many people are saying that they already have terrorist proxies already on our soil that are just waiting to be put... Waiting to be called into play, so it's a dangerous path, and it, it, this has originated under the the uh, Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and all the, some of these others that originated really under the Obama administration. When after he formed the Unauthorised Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action (JCPOA) and their, their with their nuclear agreement they had with Iran in 2015, President Barack Obama promised that Iran will never get a nuclear weapon on. He said, on my watch. Well, unfortunately, the operative part was on my watch. There was a sunset clause in the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action that it, it lifted the restriction on Iran's nuclear enrichment program by 2025. And that's why uh, Donald Trump come in and said, hey, there are, we're going to pull out of this uh, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action because there's sunset clauses in here. No matter what we do, it's eventually going to allow allow Iran to get a a nuclear weapon anyway. So when Obama said, on my watch, Iran will never get a nuclear weapon, Obama's watch would be well out, out of range at that point because it was 2025 when the sunset clauses kicked in. So during Joe Biden's vice presidency, the Obama administration made unprecedented concessions to Iran's ruling uh, mullahs while consistently approaching Iranian leaders with generosity and flexibility and what what resulted from these policies that's a big question mark well I today Iran is at 84 percent enrichment 90 percent is nuclear grade the outcome of all of this became evident as the Biden administration Lifted sanctions against Iran on uh, February 4th of last year. Oh, no, no, February 4th, 2021, and just a few weeks after his um, inauguration, and he provided global legitis- legitimacy to Iran's internal repression and external adventurism in the eyes of the international community. Iran's newfound respectability. Resulted in billions of dollars flowing into Iran and its military institutions. The coffers of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, which are the ones that are indoctrinating their terrorist proxies with this Mahdi doctrine. We've got to get rid of Israel. We've got to get rid of the United States. Preparing the way. uh, Speeding up the coming of our Mahdi. And the Iranian Revolutionary Guard teaches this to the Iranian proxies and their terror groups. So Iran evidently just uses these funds to expand its influence in various regions, including um, Gaza, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, Lebanon, um, South America. And so, you know, considering Iran's track record of failing to honor any of these diplomatic, uh, these, these commitments, efforts at diplomacy are are destined to fail, right? And so, why would we now go back and say, well, let's let's try to come up with a diplomatic solution with Iran with this nuclear program. Iran is laughing at us, you guys. And so, why are we talking about it today? Because the Bible says World War III is coming. And it's gonna come out of the region of Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Iran is by far the most volatile nation there. They're the they're the ones that are causing all the havoc in the Middle East right now. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. End time is not going anywhere. You know, everyone, we talk about this um, World War III scenario, the Six Trumpet War, and the Associated Press, or, well, we've talked many times about the, a lot of people believe that with World War III has begun over the last few years, and that on October 7th is when Israel officially entered the war, and, of course, that's speculation, however, there are fears that the the seven front war that Israel's fighting right now would go ahead and spill over into a regional conflict and that could be the point when the thing just blows up the Associated Press they published an article I think it was today that it, the title of the article was with each strike fears grow that Israel and the United States and Iran's allies are inching closer to an all out war. In the last week alone, an Israeli strike uh, killed a Hezbollah commander in Lebanon. Hezbollah struck a sensitive Israeli base with rockets, and Israel killed a senior Hamas militant with an airstrike in Beirut, Lebanon. And each strike and counterstrike increases the risk of the catastrophic war in Gaza spilling across into the region, and in the decades-old standoff between pitting the United States and Israel against Iran and their allied militant groups, there are fears that any part could trigger a wider war, if only to avoid appearing weak. Because right now, I mean, after Afghanistan and everything else the Biden administration has done. We, we appear weak in the eyes of, I mean, imagine if you're Iran, you're the, the world knows you're the number one state sponsor of terrorism, okay? This is the scenario that is playing out right before our very eyes and has over the last couple years years. The, the world knows you're the number one state sponsor of terrorism and that you've got rockets surrounding Israel and you want to destroy Israel and this guy named Donald Trump comes along and hammers you with economic sanctions and pulls the United States out of the uh, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the the nuclear deal that President Obama made. And you're Iran, you're sitting back there looking at the scenario and you're frustrated and you're mad and you're you got economic sanctions that are burying you and you can't do anything and then another president takes office, his name's Joe Biden of the United States, You're sitting back and you're the ayatollahs of Iran, the Mullahs, And and he comes along and says, hey, we want to negotiate with you. We want a diplomatic solution. We're going to pull all of the, the economic sanctions off of you. Now, imagine being Iran, knowing that you're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet and you want to blow up the United States and you want to blow up Israel. You'd love to get a nuclear weapon, or many of them if you could. And now, the new leader of the United States comes to you and says, we want to take the economic sanctions off of you, and then we're going to just negotiate with you. Now, imagine being the leaders of Iran and hearing that. That's what's happening right now. Would you not think the United States of America was a bunch of goofballs? I mean, come on. How do we look right now in the eyes of Iran? Well, what happens is, is when they know there's not going to be any repercussions, then they make moves like happened on October 7th. Think about it. Would October 7th have happened if they knew we had a strong leader that would hammer down on them in the White House? you got to think about it. These are some of the things I think about when I go to elect a President of the United States. There's much more to it than just, you know, uh, what happened on, you know, was he really guilty of uh, Russian collusion or whatever. I mean, all the junk they've tried to pour on him. Did he take a few documents from the White House uh, when he left as president? And all the other, just nonsense. The thing is, is that if you're gonna put a president, somebody in that seat, there's a lot of questions to ask. And there's a lot of things to think about because we're staring World War III right in the face, everybody. You understand? According to the prophecies of the Bible, the first five trumpets in the book of Revelation have already occurred. The sixth one is the sixth trumpet war that will emanate from that region right there. And so, you know, the the scenario that's playing out, a United States airstrike just recently killed an an Iran-backed militia leader in Baghdad. That was last week. Uh, the uh, U.S. Navy recently traded fire with an Iran-aligned Houthi rebels in the Red Sea. I mean, the thing's just kind of, it's, it's, it's escalating the divisions. I saw an article where uh, Hamas, or the um, IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, said that we aren't fighting as intensively as we were in the beginning. The fact of the matter is, is that I think that maybe they might be bowing to some of the will of the international community because Blinken's over there and everybody else is hammered down and saying you guys slow down and now they're going before the International Court of Justice and you know what a thing to say now hey we're kind of, we're not as fighting as intensively as we were down there and of course they have blo- they have bombed a lot of the guys already and I get to, I understand that but still the international community is trying to force Israel to slow down, back up, stop, and cease fire, and all this other stuff. And like Joseph Borrell has said, we need, to, we need to impose a peace solution in the Middle East. Well, how, how can the world government go in and impose a solution on a country that is defending itself? They can't allow a Hamas situation to stay in there. So... the the divisions that we see here within each camp uh, add another layer of kind of volatility here. I mean Hamas might have hoped its October 7th rampage across southern Israel that triggered the war in Gaza would drag its allies into a a wider conflict. Iran wants to really annihilate Israel and annihilate the United States. The The Mahdi doctrine is all about they believe they're supposed to implement Sharia law globally. And when they're Mahdi, it's it's, um, Iran, the the Iranian, the Shia version of their Messiah, all of the three Abrahamic religions, um, Islam, the uh, Judaism, and Christians, they all believe a Messiah is coming. The problem is is that Islam believes to prepare the way and to speed up their, the way for their Mahdi to come, They need to drive Israel out of the Middle East, and they need to annihilate Israel and the United States, because the United States, they see, uh, is the number one entity that's trying to establish a world governing body, and they see that in the way of them being able to implement Sharia law globally. So they're against Israel, the little Satan, and the United States, big Satan, and so they have to annihilate them to prepare the way for the coming of their Mahdi, and when their Mahdi comes, he will bring justice and truth, and he will, um, they'll implement Sharia law globally. Well, I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen. But they believe a big war is coming. Well, I can tell you that is going to happen. But the thing is, the war is going to be a six-trumpet war, and it appears that the Islamic faction is going to be greatly reduced because the end-you know, it brings up a lot of questions. I'll be covering a lot of that this weekend, a a lot of this scenario in in great detail, how we know all this stuff, but it brings up a lot of questions. What's the what's the world gonna look like? Will Islam rule the world? That's one of the big questions because of the huge faction of of, um, the Islamic faction that's up in Europe now and there's an Islamic faction here in the United States. We've seen these um, because many people are uneducated, don't really understand what's going on over there, We have seen huge uprisings here in the United States with, and people in these big protests and things like that. It's very alarming, isn't it? And, but there is an Islamic faction. It's the rise of the green horse spirit, the Islamic spirit in the earth. And this is the last spirit to rise and come to, and and to rise in the earth before the great tribulation. So it's another prophecy fulfillment that lets us know we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. All of this stuff is wrapping up very quickly now. You say, well, Dave, we, according to you guys, we still have a few years left. That's true. We do have a few years left. I know that. There's no doubt in my mind. We haven't started the final seven years yet. And I've had some people say, well, then I got a little time. No, you no, you don't. Actually, seven years is going to, I mean, I, we could have 20 years. I don't know how many years. We haven't started the final seven years left. However, I've had some people tell me, well, then, you know, if you teach that, then the church could go into a state of complacency and saying, hey, I've got, you know, several years left, what's the point in having a sense of urgency? The sense of urgency is, is that not one person listening to me right now is promised tomorrow morning. Not you, not your loved ones, your friends, family, your sphere of influence, nobody is promised tomorrow morning. The Bible says this is the day of salvation. So if I know there's a six-trumpet war coming, whatever, it, I, I, anything can happen. You could bump your head tonight and be called out into eternity tomorrow morning. Life is so fragile, everybody. I had a, 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 a friend of ours that is fighting in Gaza. He is there as we speak fighting in Gaza. I watched a video that he sent one of my colleagues over there in Israel. He sent me the video. And he said, one of the things I have realized about being down here is that life is so fragile. And all it doesn't take, I mean, it doesn't take hardly anything to take a life. And that's the thing. I, I have realized that. I've come up on wrecks. And I mean, I've just, I've been in the situations in my life when I realize And it has affected me personally, within my own close-knit family, that life is very fragile. And so, if I know about this, I've got to get myself ready, I've got to get my friends, family, sphere of influence, everybody I can get my hands on, and say, you need to be ready to go today. The church should never go into a a state of complacency where we would say, well, i got a few years left, I can kind of back off my efforts to win the lost. What? Where'd that come from? I'm gonna be in a, I've got a state of urgency on me from the time I started winning souls years ago that I need to win as many people to God, teach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world. And I know it's not my job solely, but God has given us a giant platform to reach as many people as we can. End Time Ministries reaches people all over the world with the gospel of the kingdom of God, along with the church. And so, I'm just saying today that I know the Sixth Trumpet War is coming. It's found in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. Bible says, "...the six angels sounded, I heard the voice of the four horns from the golden altar, which were before God saying to the sixth angel, Loose, those Trump, loose, the, um, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates." There's four nations that house the Euphrates. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Loose those four angels which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a a year to to slay the third part of all of mankind. So, World War III is coming. Look at what's happening in the Middle East. You say, "Eh, this could all die uh, die down and go away tomorrow. The Iran situation is not going to do that. This may not be World War III, but it could be. And so it's something we certainly need to be watching because it puts a sense of urgency in me to make sure I'm ready to go. Make sure my wife's ready to go, my kids, and everybody that follows this ministry, that listens to us on the radio, we want to make sure you are ready to meet Jesus Christ because he's coming back before very long.